Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Hello again, my friends. Good to be back here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Great day. Just a great sports day. One, it's just great to have football, professional football, on a Saturday. You got three games. Uh, you know, varying levels of competitiveness in these games, you could say. Uh, they got, I mean, the Buccaneers-Lions game was just the biggest laugher that you could ever possibly imagine. We'll talk about that game a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about that game. Some milestones for Tom Brady, some interesting stuff with the Buccaneers. The Lions are just an absolute dumpster fire on the worst level. So, a little bit to talk about there. James Harden is back. He's walked out of the strip club and onto a basketball court, and honestly, you wouldn't know that he was gone. He looked amazing. And so, there's a lot to be said about James Harden. What does it do for his trade value? Because I'll tell you, the amount of people who forgot everything that happened in the last couple of weeks here after one night, it's its a lot. It's a lot of people. So there's a lot to consider with James Harden and what he did. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But first off, if you didn't see what happened tonight between the Dolphins and the Raiders... Oh my goodness, that is where we're going to start. But first, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. So here's the thing. You go into this game, and this is a big-time contest for for a couple of reasons. One, it starts with the Miami Dolphins because for the Dolphins in the AFC this year, you've got seven teams that make the playoffs, Dolphins number seven. Eight seed, Baltimore Ravens, same record as the Dolphins, so very tight situation there. Ravens have a pretty easy schedule here the rest of the way. And then the last team in the playoff hunt is the Las Vegas Raiders. So two teams with a lot on the line playing on a Saturday night, and for a while, this game, it's a, it's a little plotting, it's a lot of defense, it's not over the top, right? You get to the fourth quarter, and, and we'll fast forward here because there's a lot that happens in the fourth quarter, and that's why this game is just so unbelievably insane and fun and great and unforgettable. There's a lot of stuff. But it starts in the fourth quarter where, really, Tua Tagovailoa, not inspiring. Just He looks like a rookie that's playing a little bit scared. He doesn't want to make the bad decision. 17 of 22... Okay, fine. 94 yards, so not good. One touchdown. Doesn't do much. He's not getting the ball anywhere. Offense is stalling. They're down 16 to 13, and there's 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So Brian Flores goes back into his playbook a little bit and does something he did a few weeks ago against Denver. He takes Tua out of the game. So Tua's gone. Tua's been pulled now for the second time this season. And Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in. Now, 
I don't think it's all that surprising to hear that Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in and what do you know? He's a man on fire. He's great. He's This is like, because Ryan Fitzpatrick is rolling the dice and you either get the greatest quarterback that's ever lived or a guy that doesn't belong in the league. And he was the greatest quarterback that ever lived tonight. He just, he, he was making all the throws that you could possibly see him make. And he's doing it to guys that, you know, don't always put up stellar numbers. Like Mike Kosicki, he comes and goes. He's a great talent. He's hitting him deep down the field. Uh, he's got plays to Miles Gaskin. More on that later. But Fitzpatrick comes in. He looks good. He moves the Dolphins in his first drive with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and down three points, trying to hang on to a playoff spot. He drives them down the field. They take a couple of shots in the end zone. They don't get it. They kick the field goal. So now what you have is a tie game. It's 16 to 16. The Raiders get the ball back. And on the very first play, this happens. Carr backs it up, looks over to that left, pump fakes, brings it down. Now he sprints out to the right, can't find an open receiver. Has to throw the ball down and grabbed by Aguilar, who's free at the 40, 35, 30, cuts back at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown. Jackpot, baby! <laughs> Jackpot, baby, indeed. Now, there's going to be a lot of plays here. They're coming from Raiders Radio, Dolphins Radio, and Westwood One. So, what we're going to be dealing with is you have a now a lead that just comes in one single play. So, that long drive from Fitzpatrick gets erased right away. A 16-16 game becomes 22-16. Then, three plays later, Ryan Fitzpatrick... Back in the pocket. And by the way, this is important to note as well. The Raiders, as much as they get that awesome, ridiculous 85-yard touchdown, they miss the extra point. So it is a 22-16 to game and not a 23-16 to game. So with that being said, Ryan Fitzpatrick in response. Fitzpatrick back to throw. Looking, throws it. He's got Gaskin. Gaskin breaks a tackle. Got the first down in Raider territory. Down the sideline he goes. Nobody's going to catch him. And he's into the end zone to tie the football game with 2.55 left. Miles Gaskin takes a short one and takes it to the house down the sideline. That wow. ties the ball game. An extra point will give the Dolphins the lead. Yeah, the play was so cool. Gaskin, he goes across the middle. He gets the ball. He, he takes a couple of steps in. He cuts back out to the outside. He gets a couple of blocks from his wide receivers. And he's just off and running down the sideline. They can't catch him. So they've now, the Dolphins put in Fitzpatrick, drive down the field, get a field goal, immediately give up a massive touchdown. And now, a couple of plays later, have scored their own massive touchdown. This fourth quarter is absolute chaos. But here's the thing. The Raiders get the ball back, and there's not a whole lot of time. And so they take a shot down the field. There's a pass interference call. They're deep in Dolphins territory. Now they're starting to drain the clock. Now the Dolphins use their last timeout. It feels like a lost cause. Josh Jacobs, by the way, very smartly on a couple of plays, he's running the ball. He's got opportunities to advance on one play. He's got a chance to score. And he does the classic thing that, oh, my God, fantasy owners everywhere are hating Josh Jacobs for this. He takes a knee smartly in front of the end zone because they're trying to drain out all of the clock and tell Ryan Fitzpatrick, hey, nice try, but this is all over. We're going to win this game. We're staying in the playoff hunt, and we'll see where all of this goes. So naturally, they drain a lot of the clock. 
And with about 19 seconds left, here's the Oakland Raiders. It's 23-22. This to put the Raiders up by two. Okay. And it will be a 22-yard field goal. Good snap. Hold is down. Off to the right. It goes through. Oh, baby. That one was off to the right of shade. And there too. was a lot of pressure coming Daniel up the middle. Daniel Carlson makes it 25-23. So I almost got through this without saying the Oakland Raiders, but I did it, and it, it happens. But you get that field goal right there, and what do you know? This game that was 23-22 to because the Raiders missed an extra point. Well, now it's 25-23, to and there's 19 seconds left, and the Dolphins have to go all the way down the field at this point, and it, it just feels like it's over. But this is just... It's one of the most ridiculous things you'll ever see in your life, and this is why you watch football. Listen to this. Fitzpatrick is in the shotgun. He waits. He takes the snap. Fitzpatrick is back to throw. Steps up in the pocket. Hit as he throws. Deep down the left side. He's got a receiver open. Makes the catch out of bounds in Raider territory at the 41. And there are multiple flags where Fitzpatrick got hit. It's a 34-yard pass play down the far left sideline. Fitzpatrick got his face mask grabbed as he uncorked that throw. It's a completely insane play. Like Fitzpatrick is clearly not looking down the field as he released the ball. And you can see his head turning. And you can see the ball. Because the throw, by the way, it's not the cleanest ball. It's a moon ball. It's up there. But the thing is, the coverage is so horribly bad from the Raiders. And by the way, the Raiders just one week ago fired their defensive coordinator. The defense has been bad all year. Well, here it is again. This team that can put up points and do it in bunches and beat the Chiefs earlier in the year. They're the one team to do it. They are trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. They've got the lead with 19 seconds left. They now give up a deep shot down the field in the final 20 seconds and the face mask to boot. So you have the Dolphins back down the field for the third time in 10 minutes. The third time in 10 minutes. Once Tua gets pulled for Ryan Fitzpatrick and with the game on the line and the Raiders season on the line, here's how it ended. All this down kick is up and it's good. Got it. It's good. The it's Dolphins good. are going to win this with one second left, it's oh. Miami 26, the Raiders 25. I hope you did not go to bed tonight until this was over. <laughs> oh, man. It was just such a wild, fun, exciting, crazy Unbelievable game. That that really is why you watch the sport. That's why, I, for, for me, this is why I love the job. This is why I love being here, is for nights like this, after games like that. It was just unbelievable. And and the thing is, this is what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do. You, you see this from time to time over the years. Think of all the teams he's played for, the, the different amazing runs that he's had, the times where, even for a couple of weeks, if it was just the first three or four weeks, of a season that you would talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick as an MVP candidate. 
And and it wasn't tongue in cheek. Like a lot of times you make jokes in sports where it's like, hey, this player that's really bad, we're going to say that he's really good. Isn't that hilarious? But no, like he's actually really great for a couple of weeks. And you have to go, wow, like there's there's stretches where Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best quarterback in football. And you saw that. You saw that again loud and clear tonight. I mean, how do you not love Ryan Fitzpatrick? Seriously, for me, he is legitimately one of my favorite players all time. I, it's hard to find a guy because I never know what to expect from him. It's greatness in one way or the other because he's so amazingly great or amazingly awful, and he's never been on my team. So I've never had to personally deal with that stress with any skin in the game. But that guy just loves to play. He's so good, and and for him to do that with the Dolphins is just its what it's all about. So you see that win. You see what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. And you wonder about Tua, right? You have to wonder about Tua Tagovailoa. When you have a game like this, when they're struggling, and three times in 10 minutes, he goes down the field, he puts up uh, 13 points, which Tua had done in three quarters, you go, okay, maybe Fitzpatrick should be the guy, right? Maybe there should be a point where you look at this and go, I understand what Tua is, what his value could be to the franchise, why they started him earlier in the season, but Ryan Fitzpatrick right now with where they are and their opportunity to, one, lock in that playoff spot with the Ravens right on their heels, two, try to actually win playoff games when they get there, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the guy. And we'll have that conversation in just a couple of minutes. We'll do that in the next part of the show. But... For right now, I also just wonder about Tua himself. And for Tua to sit there and watch all of this happen, how did he feel about seeing Fitzpatrick? In a way, it, it really wasn't as shocking um, tonight, you know, to see what had happened. Um, well, they call him Fitz Magic for a reason. He's cool with it. That's the thing that makes this all so amazing, right? Because there's, there's going to be a lot of stress there's going to be a lot of conversation. Again, we're going to do that next. We're, we're going to go through this a little bit more about who should be the starting quarterback and why. But it's fascinating that you've got this guy in Tua Tagovailoa, who's a top 10 pick, has been the starter now, and now twice, twice already in this season, rather than Brian Flores go, listen, you're the young guy. We know you're the franchise. We believe that you're the franchise. We're going to let you get out of these tight jams. If you lose in a bad spot, so be it. But we're going to go through those growing pains. They haven't done that. He's pulled Tua. And Tua's okay with it. Now, here's the interesting thing. Graceffo, you just went in my ear. So James Graceffo producing the show, as always. What'd you say? Uh, He sounds like he's too cool with it. He might be. Yeah. He might be. When you're a top five pick, you probably shouldn't sound that, you know, cool or excited or... Like, I get, like, we're all in this together and you're pulling for all the other 52 guys and everybody wants to say their best... uh, The best thing is to win the game. We all agree. The best thing is to win the game. But when you're doing that from a personal level, from a personal standpoint, and you're the face of the franchise and you have the reins of this horse, he sounds a little bit too happy, to be honest. I mean, for his performance, there's nothing really to be happy about. Yeah, so let's do this. When we come back, I'm going to run through Brian Flores and what he said after the game about Tua, about Fitzpatrick, who's going to start next week. We're going to go through all that. Is is Tua too okay with Fitzpatrick doing this? We're going to talk about all that next. So if you want to get in and talk about it, by the way, 855 212 
4227. What do you make of that ending? I mean, just what a game. What would you do with Fitzpatrick and Tua? Who would you start? Do you start Tua with a leash? Do you give Fitzpatrick the team the rest of the way until he he blows up like he inevitably will? What do you do? 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always join the show on Twitter at... That's right. It's Vince Quinn. It's all one word. At It's Vince Quinn. So we'll talk about all that when we come back. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. So do you start Fitzpatrick after what just happened? It's the question you have to ask. You have to ask it. Because you look at the Dolphins and you look at the offense, and the offense is generally not inspiring. Fitzpatrick, earlier in the season, played pretty well. I mean, at the time he got benched, he was playing well. He didn't necessarily deserve it, but... I understood why it happened, right? I'm not going to fault the Dolphins. I'm not faulting Brian Flores at all for going to Tua when they did. They hit the bye week. They go, okay, the kid's been around for a couple of weeks. He's got an extra week to prepare for the first game. Let's go with him. Let's see what he can do. And, And they've been off and running. So, fine decision to make at the time. But when you've had to bench him twice to bring in Fitzpatrick, when you do it the second time, And he beats the Raiders in the way he does because that fourth quarter is just unbelievable. And and really, it's just 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. You have to consider that question, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick, 9 of 13, 182 yards and a touchdown to a tag of Iloa, 17 of 22, 94 yards and one touchdown. He did that in three quarters for Tua. So you look at Fitzpatrick and you go, okay, We've given to a good bit amount of time. We're at the end of the season here. I believe they've got Buffalo next week. And you know what? Let me double check that right now. I might as well make sure that I've got that whole scenario right. Yeah, they've got the Bills in Buffalo next week. Now we'll see how seeding and all that works out, how much the game matters to Buffalo. But regardless, the Dolphins need to win that game. And the defense is great, so you don't have to question the defense. You don't have to make any tweaks there. But when you got questions at quarterback... The same way that we're going to look at this and and wonder about this a little bit, players in that room are naturally going to as well. So what do you do? Now, Brian Flores, after the game, they asked him, they said, hey, like, what was your logic? What was your reasoning for putting Fitzpatrick in? We just felt like we needed a spark trying to win the game. Again, if we got to go to a relief pitcher in the ninth, that's what we'll do. Relief pitcher is an interesting way to put it. And that's one of the things that I wonder about is this idea of can these guys coexist? Can you work out some way where you have two quarterbacks that play for the team at the same time? Now, we'll do that We'll do that later, really, like deep dive on that. I don't want to do that, let's say, hour and a half from now, okay? Mark your alarm in your phone, hour and a half from now. We'll get into two quarterback conversation. So that's a tease, baby. That's a long one. But for right now, with what they're doing, do you start Fitzpatrick next week or do you start Tua next week? So Brian Flores asked about that. Here's the exchange. Brian, would the way the game ended give you any uh, reconsideration about who would start for you guys next week? No. I think he's right. As much as I, because I'm sitting here and I'm talking about Fitzpatrick, I'm giving him all the love in the world. And I, 
and he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. He played amazing tonight, and credit to Ryan Fitzpatrick. We've seen this many times from him before, but you got to develop the kid, right? That's what this is about. You get the kid, you play the kid, you get him as many reps as you can, and ideally you get him playoff experience. So if he can win that game next week, what does that mean for the franchise? Right? Those are the kinds of things you want. You don't want to create quarterback controversy. In in a sense, you want to make Tua comfortable with the idea that, okay, we're going to put this other guy in on certain occasions because we don't think you're ready to be the guy in these moments. And really, it feels like Tua knows he's not the guy in those moments right now. So that being the case, we're going to let you do your thing. And if you're feeling it, you're playing well, you stay in the game. If we're down and it's the end of the game and you're struggling, then Fitzpatrick comes in, but it's still your job. So when you look at it from that angle, I think you can sell it. I think the team can buy it enough, but two is going to have a little bit of a short leash because these games matter, right? Like next week, assuming the Ravens win this week and the next week they play the Bengals, he's going to have a short leash. If they're not playing well against Buffalo, he's going to have a short leash. It's just what it is. So I think this is the right move. I think this is the right way to handle it. And I would love to know what you think about it at 855 212 4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's sponsored by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work. So get a quote at Geico.com. Easy. Now, before we go to the phones, James Graceffo producing the show. Who do you start? Uh, it's a tough question. It really is a loaded question. Uh, you have to prioritize what's more important for you. Is it more important for Tua to get reps at this point? I would say it's not. Uh, is it more important to ha- play the best quarterback that gives you the best chance to win as you're heading toward a playoff berth? I would say that's really what this is about. The Dolphins are in a weird spot. They're lucky enough to have a guy who they can go to in this situation where if Tua gets out off to a rough start and he struggles, they can go to this guy who has experience, who's been in the league forever, it seems, and you know has this, pardon the pun, magic about him. Right. Okay. The problem lies in how many times can you do this to Tua before you totally rock his confidence? You can't do this every week. You cannot throw him out there for three quarters and he throws for under 100 yards. And in this case, he threw for 100 yard, under 100 yards against probably the worst secondary in the league. Like, the Raiders have people... Who off the practice squad, corners playing safeties last week against the Chargers, where, by the way, Justin Herbert threw for, I think, 400 yards in the game. Uh, For them to do this to him twice already, how many more times can they do this to him where it just shakes his confidence forever? And that's the interesting thing, right? Because the, the style of football that he's playing is very conservative. He's not sitting there and throwing the ball deep down the field. It's right. a lot well, of... they don't really have a game-breaking weapon where they can just throw the ball down the field. And, you know, they're not playing with a DeAndre Hopkins. They're not playing with a Stephon Diggs. They're not playing with a guy like that right now. So they're, they're built on, we're going to push you around, we're going to hope to run the football, and whatever we get from Tua is gravy offensively. But the idea of, like, the idea of going on the road in a playoff game and having Tua go out there, and basically he's done pretty much very little. Like, like yeah. what has he done in these games that he started? What makes you think that makes you think he's going to go on the road in a playoff game and win it? 
Like, what makes you think that? That's the tough thing. You look at, at his game so far, and he's had some okay games. Like, he's had, uh, let's see, against Kansas City, he had a pretty good game. Like, 28-48, okay. Well, they lost 27, yeah, 33-27, a couple of touchdowns. Like, he's had he's had moments. Which, by but, the way, they fell asleep for, like, a quarter and a half in that game. The Chiefs scored 28 unanswered points in the game. Yeah. So, that's the thing. It's like, okay, what was actually the game like, and... How much do those stats, how much do they matter? So you look at a lot of the stuff with Tua, it just feels very conservative. It feels cautious. And if he's a guy that's got this worry that, hey, if I'm not making plays, then I'm going to get out of this game. Maybe he starts making plays that he's not actually comfortable making. And now he's turning the ball over, you know? So it's just a weird spot to be for sure. But I understand Flores starting the kid for now. I think you roll with Tua. If you get to halftime in the Bills game and it's not there and you have to start Fitzpatrick at halftime, so be it. Like, that's what you got to do because you do have to get to the playoffs at this point. To be this close, right? Like, when you're a week away from getting to the playoffs and that game is all or nothing, you owe it to the oh, team no, at yeah. that point. I agree, I agree with you on that point totally. You owe it to the other 52 guys on the team to we've gone this far where a, a win away from making the playoffs, you have to play the best option that gives you the chance to win but you know you know the old adage as much as I do if you have two quarterbacks do you have one like you usually don't like in no in no instance would you say it's acceptable to do this anywhere else where you could just basically say huh my guy has struggled for three quarters I'm gonna hook him number one you have to be lucky enough to have a guy on your bench to do that in the first place like I told you and number two it's just usually not done especially to a top 10 pick it's crazy. It, it, it's a really weird thing. And yeah, for a rookie who he's not awful, but he's not great, for him to get pulled twice now, it's it's one of those things. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this. I can't remember anything like this for sure. Uh, let's take a call. In. Let's go to Leo, who's in Canada. What's going on, Leo? Uh, not a whole lot. just got off work and uh, watched uh, my uh, beautiful Dolphins, a fan of over 30 years. And um, I had have to admit that uh, I saw the game was over uh, in the fourth quarter about nine times. So uh, it was nice <laughs> to see them. Uh, it was really nice to see them pull it off. It was crazy, man. Yeah, because you watch that game and every play, you're like, oh, this is going to be the one. Like, this is the play that we'll all talk about. And then there's four other plays like that. <laughs> well, and you, you know what? I mean, you you throw fish magic in there. And I mean, again, I've, I'm not going to give you my, my date of birth, but I've uh, been a fan for a lot of years, especially for the Dolphins and and it's uh, you, you, you kind of have a glimmer of hope going, you know what, you're right. Uh, I've heard you guys talk about the Raiders and their defense is pretty brutal. I mean, last week, uh, I don't think they could have won a badminton match. And then uh, this week, uh, the defense actually, their, their front was quite a bit better. And it seems like, gee, it's a totally different team. I'm, I'm assuming Gruden probably talked to them quite harshly in the dressing room. But either way, um, it was a fun game to watch. And I, I understand. I know people are talking about the whole two of its magic thing and who do you start. I think uh, to me it's two folds uh, on the respect level. Uh, Fitz magic having played on the Buffalo Bills, is there a sign of respect to say, you know what, uh, you played so well tonight, what you've done for our organization, we're going to give you a shot against that old team of yours. Um, hmm. And then the other side of the coin, as you've all been talking about as well, is uh, Tua is the franchise. Um, we need to groom him, and we need to get him to that level where he can be the Fitzmagic who brings you back into those games. So which one's right or which one's wrong, I don't know. But my philosophy as a fan, diehard of the Dolphins, is 
Uh, I don't see a controversy in this. In my eyes, I see it as a win-win situation. I don't care if they start Tua next week, because as far as I'm concerned, you're saying, hey, we're developing him, we still have confidence. He hasn't been amazing, but he hasn't been horrible. If you start Fitzmagic, you're saying, hey, Tua, pay attention to what's happening here. You have a chance to be groomed and watch what a person can do. So I don't see it as anything other than I don't care who starts. I think we win in both situations. All right. Well, Leo, I appreciate it, man. If you want to get in and talk about it, 855-212-4227. Because that seems to be the main thing here is they have this mentor-mentee relationship and they get along really well. And Tua doesn't seem threatened by this at all. It, it really doesn't seem to bother him. So we'll continue to talk about it. 855-212-4227. You can also hop in on Twitter, at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word, at It's Vince Quinn. Happy to reply to tweets, read tweets, all that good stuff. Now, let's do this when we come back as well. We haven't talked about the Raiders' side of the equation. Their season just ended. John Gruden just got crushed in that last fourth quarter. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. I love the B-52s, man. They're so good. They're just so out there. Like, if you listen to the first album from the B-52s, it's a trip, man. It's so worth your time. But anyway, let's talk about the misery that is the Oakland Raiders. And it really all starts in the fourth quarter when absolute Fitz magic happens, baby. Fitzpatrick is in the shotgun. He waits. He takes the snap. Fitzpatrick is back to throw. Steps up in the pocket. Hit as he throws. Deep down the left side. He's got a receiver open. Makes the catch out of bounds in Raider territory at the 41. And there are multiple flags where Fitzpatrick got hit. It's a 34-yard pass play down the far left sideline. Fitzpatrick got his face mask grabbed as he uncorked that throw. And that would ultimately be the death knell for the Raiders as the Dolphins would kick a field goal just a couple of plays later. They win the game 26-25, to a classic football score. And with that, the Raiders season is over now. Like, they've got one, obviously there's one week left. It's not like they stopped playing the games, but they're eliminated from playoff contention now. They needed that game. They didn't get it. So for them to lose like that and, and just for the fourth quarter as a whole with Fitzpatrick coming in and putting up 13 points. Well, John Gruden, how do you feel? 19 seconds left uh, on your own 25-yard line with no timeouts. I've called plays a long time. The probability of getting that done is is remote. And uh, there's no guarantee if, if they get the ball that they don't go for two. I'm not going to get into all the scenarios. We played it exactly like we wanted to play it. It was a heck of a job by our offense, closing, closing. Uh, the deal, I thought, but uh, unfortunately, they made a desperation play, and the penalty was was horrific. Yeah, that defense was brutal. Brutal. Because here's the thing. If you didn't see the play, here's, here's how it goes down. Fitzpatrick's back in the pocket. You got Matt Collins, who's just the most forgettable receiver you can think of. He dropped at least two passes in that game. 
Mac Hollins by himself. He's on the left sideline. He goes down the field. Fitzpatrick sitting in the pocket. Pressure's coming in. He's getting rid of the ball. One of the defenders for, uh, I almost said Oakland. I won't say Oakland. For Las Vegas, grabs his face mask, starts twisting his head off. As he's throwing the ball, Fitzpatrick's head is looking over towards the left sideline, and the ball is going into the air. Mac Hollins is wide open for all of the, like, three to four seconds that the ball is just slowly going up and slowly coming back down. And so he catches the ball. He falls out of bounds. The Dolphins had time to run another play and then kick the field goal. So that's how it all goes down. The defense blew it. They blew it. There was somebody, there was a defender, there was a corner that was right in front of Matt Collins, didn't go with him, left him wide open, big gap in his own coverage, and there you go. So that plus the penalty gets him way down the field. The players were terrible. For a team that had already just been a mess defensively, had fired their defensive coordinator, they make these mistakes again, and now the Raiders are done. And and really... It's fitting in a way, isn't it? Like, isn't it fitting that the Raiders defense making hilarious mistakes at the end of the game cost them the season? Because I can't think of a better way. Like, that offense is not the best offense ever, but it's got some really good weeks in it. There's a lot of talent on that team, and they're young, and they could be good for the next couple of years. But that whole defense, they need a lot of work. They need a lot of work because that cost the team their year. That cost them a playoff berth. And, and now they're done. So... Here's the thing. Here's where it gets interesting as well, because there's 19 seconds left in the game. Now, prior to that, the Raiders, they've got the ball. There's about two minutes left, and Josh Jacobs has a couple of carries where he dives. So he intentionally doesn't score. He dove at one point on the one-yard line with the express intent of let's bleed out the clock and then go and kick the field goal. This is with about two minutes left. So... Graceffo, we were talking about this a little bit just during the break, but like I, I don't see any problem in this case with running the clock out. No, and it was the same thing Nick Chubb did earlier in the year, and Nick Chubb was praised for it. So it's amazing how I know we're, we're in this business and uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, as they all say, but isn't it amazing when something works out, it's praised, and the same thing when it doesn't work out, it's ripped? Yeah. Vince, have you ever come across that in your life in this business? When you're analyzing oh, I've never a game, seen contradictory oh, I can't believe no. that we've we've contradicted ourselves again with all of these opinions. Where the one thing that Nick Chubb did uh, three, four weeks ago, whenever it was, when he decided to fall down at the one, that was universally praised. That was such a great job by Nick Chubb. When Josh Jacobs does the same thing, it gets ripped. Are we kidding ourselves? Like at some point. It has to come down to the people on the field who get paid to be on the field. If I am the coach, I cannot hold your hand at every moment. I cannot allow a garbage wide receiver to get behind everyone. This is ridiculous. It's 19 seconds left. They have no timeouts. They need a miracle. It is insanity that people are blaming John Gruden for this. This is the worst defense in the sport. By a mile. It is absurd that John Gruden is getting killed for bleeding the clock, doing the right thing. They missed the extra point earlier in the game, and that's the only reason why it came back to bite them. Look, 
If you are on the field and you're wearing an NFL uniform, it is your responsibility in that situation to not allow that to happen. I don't care who you are. Do not, do not, A, allow Matt Collins to get behind you by 10 yards, and B, do not even come close to hitting Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, what is the point? You're going to ju- it's just, you're going to just make a mistake. And guess what they did? Because that's what they've done all year in key situations on defense. They've made mistakes. This is the same defense that was ripped the week before on Thursday against Herbert for 400-something yards. They fired the D coordinator in a short week. This is how bad they were. Yeah. Like, come on. What are we talking about? And you want to throw it at the feet of John Gruden? Are we ki- really? Are we kidding? The only thing you can say about Gruden when it comes to the defense is the talent isn't good enough, and if you want to put it on him for that, it's him and Mayock that but, do the drafting. But you could, but. Have, you could have XFL-level talent out there. There's 19 seconds. They have no timeouts. Yeah. It's, this is not that hard. You shouldn't lose This there. really is not that hard. You got to go the you whole You know, field. like, everybody wants to do these dopey win probability percentages as the game <laughs> goes on. Like, what do we think the win probability for the Raiders was there? That's a good question. Actually, could you look that up? I would love for you to see if like, you can look uh, that like, up. Like, honestly, it had to be 99%. Like, come on. It had to have been. You know, I'm, I'm actually incredibly curious about that right now because it, it really had to be. I mean, once they got up, what was it? Uh, at that point, it would have been 25 to 23. Once they get up 25-23, that's got to be, with 19 seconds left, that's got to be a 99% or something in that ballpark win probability. So let me see here, because I know they post that stuff. Oh, here we go, baby. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, after the field goal. Oh, my God. The graph is so small, it's hard to actually keep track of it. All right, I'm going to put this on you. It looks like, at the very least, it's about 80%, if not more, and, and they blew it. So the player's got to make the play. And when you kill the clock like that, here's the other thing you have to consider. Ryan Fitzpatrick was hot. He's driving down the field consistently. So he did it twice. One time he's got a touchdown. The other time he got to the goal line and he scored a field goal. If you're going to say, okay, the Raiders needed to go and get the touchdown, well, then you're also giving an additional, you know, minute and 20 seconds to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So what happens then, right? Does Fitzpatrick get down the field and get a touchdown? Like, we don't know. But he was moving the ball really well, so maybe it's the same outcome anyway. Like, maybe the Dolphins were just meant to win this game. I don't know. But it's hard for me to crush him or crush the Raiders on the idea that they just they went to kill the clock and kick the game winner. It doesn't feel like a mistake to me. It just didn't work out. So... 855 Because, again, this goes back to the idea of you're the Dolphins now when you look at this, and you go, okay, well, Fitzpatrick just went down the field. He scored three different times in 10 minutes. He kept them alive and kept them in the playoffs right now. If they lose that game, the Ravens have an easy schedule. They're in the driver's seat to get that seventh spot. Fitzpatrick saved them. So do you start Tua? Do you start Fitzpatrick? What's the answer? 855 212 Four two two seven. I would start Tua, by the way. As bad as it looks in terms of Tua versus Fitzpatrick, because he was great tonight. But Tua's your guy. You got to you got to stay with him for now. I think he's on a bit of a short leash, but I would start Tua. So eight five five two one two four two two seven. Let's go to Adam in Philly. Adam, you're on the air. What's up? Hi, great show. Thanks. Um, I I thought this is this is the 18th time in, in uh, Fitzpatrick's career. I get, you probably already brought this up that he's taken a team to uh, on a winning drive. 
at the end of a game. It's so great. I think he's been on 11 teams <laughs> in his career, um, which is pretty impressive, I mean, to have done that. Um, but, you know, it's like I look at that type of situation and, like, sometimes, I mean, I know the Raiders, you can say, kind of self-destructed the game away, and they obviously did, but obviously there was some concern about how either team having the ball last because the thing that shocked me the most was when the, uh, Fitzpatrick ran a play and obviously the coach called it with six seconds to go mm-hmm. and just to throw the ball out of bounds. And I was thinking, wow, you, you gotta, you gotta take the clock down to two rather than just, you know, get ready to, you know, um, whatever, I know. Yeah, kick the field goal. You'd give it back with like like 10 seconds left. Yeah, like why are you going to run a play at all? Just take it with six seconds. I mean, there's no – but he did try and run one more play to take it to two seconds so they would have nothing left but to kick it off, I guess. And then, you know, they happened to make the field goal, but they gave themselves no extra time for anything to go wrong. It wouldn't have mattered, I understand, without a timeout. But still, it's – Anything could have happened. I mean, Fitzpatrick could have fell down, uh, whatever. But they took that chance, ran the play. And it it just tells me that, yeah, the Raiders did self-destruct, but the rules are kind of set up for when teams are close in comparison to each other, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of teams in this league. And about you got about like 15 seconds, Adam, because I got to hit a break. It's a hard out. Okay, I'll just say the team that has the ball last, even if there's 19 seconds to go and you have no timeout, you still might have a decent chance to find a way to win if all you need is a field goal. No doubt. And Adam, great call, man. I appreciate it. So if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn. As always, it's nice to say that in this time each week on CBS Sports Radio. If you want to join the show or give me a follow, you can do that at It's Vince Quinn on Twitter, all one word, at It's Vince Quinn. When we come back, Tom Brady just destroyed the Lions. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, babies are made to this show. Uh, <laughs> I've never been more disturbed in my life. I, I've gone from angry to disturbed in about a matter of 10 seconds. Name your child after me. I'm Vince Quinn. <laughs> Host of this fine morning show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, if you want to join the the clown show that is 855-212-4227 is how you get in. 855-212-4227. By the way, uh, I've been on a couple of times, but obviously like this is when I'm typically on. This is, this is my show, if you will. And I, I just want to say, one, Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you had a good or, or holiday season. Whatever you celebrate, I just hope you had a good couple of weeks here. I hope you enjoyed these last couple of days as we go up to the new year. If you got some time off, uh, Zoom, see your friends and family, whatever it is, I, I just hope you've had a, a happy and safe and fun couple of days. And for me, on my end, 
I don't know if you're you're fully aware of what my story is here and how I'm in this seat today, but to give you a, a general overview, I, I've been in the radio business for a couple of years, got in right out of college, giving out T-shirts at bars. I started working my way up slowly. I was producing some shows in Philly. The Pope came to town, believe it or not, and they didn't have people to host the show, so I, I got my first ever shift in an overnight spot in Philly story. Like, like five years ago. Yeah, the Pope helped me out, man. So believe it or not. Um, so a couple of years later, I'm hosting. I, I eventually get to a point where I get called in here about a, a little over a year ago, worked here for a couple of months, um, pandemic hits, and I was gone for a while. And I, I was doing both weekend overnights, and, and then I wasn't doing anything here, and I didn't know whether or not I'd be back. I had no idea where this was going to go. Uh, I honestly thought I might be done. And I was looking at other careers and and figuring out what I was going to do with myself because I had no clue. And um, luckily, once it hit, you know, like September, I I got a call. And they decided they wanted to bring me back. And I was going to get this show again. And so to be able to be back here and do this show again and do this show for you, um, thank you. I mean, thank you seriously for listening, for enjoying, for calling in, for tweeting, for listening and, and even saying, you know what? This guy's an idiot. If you enjoy it enough, you think I'm entertaining enough. If I make you question some things that you think about teams or players, I think I'm doing my job and I, and I don't try to do this in some way where I'm Mr. Hot take artist, or I'm trying to get you mad for the sake of it. I just want to make you think a little bit. I want to make you laugh a little bit. I want to have good discussion. I want to be wrong and learn things too. And sometimes I've got an opinion and calls come in and they check me and I go, you know, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I got to reconsider how I feel. But but that's what this is all about. You know, it's it's about having fun. It's about, it's entertainment, right? Like, that's why we get into this. That's why people get so bent out of shape when politics are in sports because they want to take some time to relax and enjoy themselves and have fun and watching guys throw a football around or play basketball or baseball or hockey or, I don't know, tennis, whatever you're into. There's just something about enjoying that and watching people be great at it and talking about it that makes the days go by, that gives you something to get excited about, and it becomes a part of your life. And so for sports to mean what it does for you to the point where you turn on sports radio and you listen to me and this show and Graceffo and and what we do here, it just means the world. And so thank you. Just I, I can't say it enough. Thank you for everything. It, it means a lot. And so I, I'm glad you enjoy the show, and I'm looking forward to doing this into the next year. And we'll see where this thing goes. But for now, we're a morning show. So, you know, I mean, there's you really can't go any better than being a morning show. So Keep your freaking mouth shut. Okay, maybe I should. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have dead air for the next two hours, starting now. Keep your freaking mouth shut. Okay, we're back. So, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. And I'm Vince Quinn. Now... Let's finally get into, now that we've stopped yelling about the Raiders and the Dolphins and whether or not John Gruden is accountable for face-masking Ryan Fitzpatrick or letting Mac Hollins pass him, um, now let's, let's talk a little bit about this 49ers and Cardinals game because here's the thing. San Francisco won. I love San Francisco. I love them. I love them. I love that organization. How can you not? 
I mean, one, just on a very simple level of being somebody that's like been a football diehard over the years, seeing John Lynch get into a front office role with what he did as a Buccaneers player, a Broncos player. Now he's in a front office. It's him and Shanahan. They're tearing things up the way they've turned that team around. It, it's so impressive. You see all the different running backs that come into that team and play well. Did you have any idea who Jeff Wilson Jr. was before today? Because I know there's a lot of people that didn't. He ran 22 carries, 183 yards. He's like their fifth running back. It's crazy what they do. I mean, this is a finely run machine. And for all the injuries that they've had to be at this point in the season and six and nine, George Kittle's missed a lot of different stretches. Richard Sherman missed a large chunk of the season. Nick Bosa hurt right away. Jimmy Garoppolo's missed a lot of this year. I mean, they've had a ridiculous amount of injuries. And for them to be at least competitive in a number of games is spectacular work by them. You look at this, Debo Samuel missed a bunch of games. Like a lot of people missed games. And they just continued to put different people in to be competitive, to kind of, sort of be in the NFC playoff race. Like that is a testament to just how great that organization is. So I love San Francisco. I think they're awesome. But the expectations for Arizona are much higher because they are healthy because Kyler Murray's in his second season because they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. And so when you've got Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Kirk and Drake and Murray and enough pieces on the defensive side of the ball, you go, this is a team that should win a lot of games. This was because every year you have that dark horse, sexy Super Bowl pick last year. It was San Francisco. What do you know? They they got to the big game. This year, it was Arizona. That was the team that a lot of people were like, hey, man, I'm just telling you. I, mean, I know what the record was before, but I think they're going to be pretty good. And they started the season, and they were pretty good, right? I mean, Arizona, they beat San Francisco first week of the year. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo healthy that week. You know, that was the, they had that win week one. They won 24 to 20, and you go, wow, okay, maybe there is something up with Arizona. Maybe this team is really good. But as much as they had a decent start, six and three, six and three to start the year, pretty good, beat the Bills, big, crazy, last second, Hail Mary ball, they looked fun. You could really believe in what they were doing. It felt legitimate. There was times where we talked about Kyler Murray in the MVP race and whether or not he could have a shot. So that's a big deal. But then you look at the next couple of weeks, and they lose to Seattle. They lose to New England. They lose to the Rams. Okay, they get a couple of wins, but they beat the Giants and the Eagles. What is that worth? Nothing. It's really not worth anything. So you've got a team that's 8-6 and six and playing a horribly beaten up San Francisco squad. They got pantsed. I mean, this is how the whole thing went down. Here's Murray back, looking left, throwing out left. Ball got hit. It is broken up. The 49ers will take over on downs. They will beat. The Arizona Cardinals. Boy, that is awesome. And and Kyler Murray is hurt on the play. He is down on his back. But that is exactly on the biggest play of the game, how rush and coverage work. Okay, Graceffo just gave me some flack for using the phrase pantsed. Pantsed is a great phrase, okay? I will I will stand by the phrase pantsed. I will say that. I'll say it more just to spite you. What are you, 12 years old? Yes. 
Now, come on, pants is good. Pants is good. It gets the point across. You, if I tell you that somebody got pants, you go, oh, okay, well, they got surprised. They got they got beat up, and uh, it, it was a shocking thing. Pants is good. I think I conveyed that very well with pants. because And it was a nice thing, too, because I'm setting the whole thing up. I'm talking about the team. I'm talking about where they're going. And I go, oh, they got pants. Bam, here's the game. And and then there's the cut. It was good. It was very smooth. You, you got you to gotta paint a picture, my friend. So they got pants. Now, here's the thing is – why did they get pantsed? Okay, why? Well, it's a couple of things. One, again, San Francisco, great organization. And you hear about Robert Sala and every legislator in Detroit and Michigan, they're all writing letters to try to get him hired as the head coach of the team. I don't think that's a great idea Buddy, that, you know. If I could write a letter, I would too. Well, I, I mean, it's better than what they've had. And, and it's. I mean, for me. Well, for the Jets, yeah. Um, they could use definitely somebody that I isn't Adam Gates. right, though. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I didn't want you proofreading my tweet earlier. So, you look at, and, and I'm not saying Robert Sala is not a good candidate. I think he's going to get a head coaching job. I think he's worthy of that. I just wouldn't have him be the head coach in Detroit. That's all I'm saying. Give Stafford a good offensive coach and see what he can do. Give him another chance. He looks pretty good at this stage of his career. And he's only 32. You still got time left. But going back to this game with San Francisco and Arizona, you expect the Cardinals to be better, and especially because this is the second year for Cliff Kingsbury. Like, I think about the Cardinals, and I go, okay, where can they go from here? And I don't know reasonably how much better they can get. It's like you can look at the salary cap and you've got Kyler Murray on a rookie deal, although he's a number one pick in the draft, so those numbers go up a little bit. But you've got some shelf life there with Kyler Murray for another couple of seasons, but they've got a lot of talent. You know, they can get a little better in, in certain areas on the defense. You can add some more pieces. You can get better on the offensive line. Maybe you want to, if Larry Fitzgerald retires, you, you get another quality receiver in there. I don't know. Like you can make some tweaks. It's not like they're a perfect roster, but they're good enough, they should be good enough to beat the better teams. But again, they lose to Seattle, they lose to New England, they lose to the Rams. Like, these are the kinds of games that they're the measuring stick. And whether or not you're a playoff team, whether or not you're a great playoff team, that's the kind of stuff that you want to win. That establishes how good you are. And for them to be at this point where they lose this game with C.J. Beathard starting, that's an embarrassment for them. And really, it comes down to Kingsbury. It just He looks like a guy that he's not quite ready yet. He's pretty good, and he should be a head coach in time. Maybe he should have been an offensive coordinator. Maybe he just in another year, he is going to be a pretty good coach, but he's just not quite there yet. That's what it looks like to me. So 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855 212 4227. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always hit me up on Twitter. It's Vince Quinn. We've got some responses to Gruden and how he handled it, by the way. Coming up next, James Harden makes his debut. How'd he look? You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Oh yeah, my baby takes the morning train. Vince Quinn here with you. 
And somebody who's not so bright and cheery the same way that Sheena Easton is would be one James Graceffo, producer of this fine program, who is again wearing a Jets shirt and just discussing with me over the commercial break how wholly miserable he is over the fact that his life is surrounding the Chicago Bears playing the Jacksonville Jaguars later today. James, it's a great day, huh? Yeah, it's a great day for the Jaguars to win a football game. Well, yeah. I got to tell you, man. And and here's the shame of it, because we spent all this time yesterday. One, for your benefit in part, I tried to spin a web of how the Jags could upset the Bears. Yeah, and then we we did this, and then I guess the whole theory kind of went up in smoke, didn't it? Well, I, I think we're on the air in Jacksonville is the problem, and they were in Chicago. We're, I know we're on in Chicago, and they heard this, and they were like, uh-oh, they, there's a chance that Jacksonville could go and win this game. We got to handle this. And so somebody somewhere placed a call, and now the Jags have gone out <laughs> and just... They've thrown every sense of honestly competing and like the goodness and integrity of the game. And they've just thrown it down the gutter. Okay. They have no interest in winning this game. The mayor of Jacksonville does not want them to win this game. They are trying to lose. Now, how did they do that? Well, one Gardner Minshew should be the starting quarterback this week. And here's how funny it is. Players to watch. Like, I'm looking at the setup for the game. Players to watch. Gardner Minshew. And it shows his whole stat line. He ain't playing. Now, Gardner Minshew, he's not hurt. He's not hurt. But he's not playing because apparently, and I guess we should all know this, Mike Glennon is clearly the answer at quarterback. He's a far superior player with more long-term value to the Jaguars than Gardner Minshew. He needed to start this game. Vince, what do you want me to say? Where 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 would you like me to go? Like like this is where my life is right now. It's really sad. It's really terrible. Like I've snapped at people here. I a have, lot. Okay. I have I have gone through text messages and people just telling me why I have so many problems in my life that I care too much. And the only thing I love more than my family is this dumb football team. That's where I'm at. I'm fat. I'm overweight. I got. I live alone. I got nothing going on. I, I'm going to sleep till 1 o'clock with the lights off and the blinds drawn, watching this dumb football team hopefully lose again. And all I want to do is watch this dumb Jacksonville Jaguar-Chicago Bear game. This is what this football team has done to me. This is what I am now. Look at me. Look what I look like. It's not good. You're very unkempt. Right. So, and people have literally gone out of their way and said, Bud, you got to calm down. Like, (laughs) this is what it's, this is what it's been. Like, I, I just, I can't express in words how much I love this football team and what they've done to me. I can't, like... The fact that they are playing Mike Glennon is just like an absurd amount of a middle finger to the league. Yes. To the other 31 teams. To to football. Every player in the locker room. Every player in the locker room. Football society. Where would you (laughs) like me to? It's a complete middle finger to Doug Marone is a liar. 
He said the other day, we're going out and trying to win every game we can, and I owe it to everybody here that we're trying to win games. Doug, you're a liar. You're a bold-faced liar because you're playing Mike Glennon, who stinks. Mike Glennon's been on how many teams in how many years, and he gives you the best chance to win. And oh, by the way, your best offensive player, you decided, eh, we're not going to play our best offensive player. He's has mis- He hasn't played in practice all year. And by the way, nobody nationally says anything. They just go on about their day. Jeremy Shep the other day, on Outside the Lines, whatever dopey show he was doing, said, what have the Jets done to deserve the pick? How dare they get Trevor Lawrence and they've basically gone out and lost every game? The NFL should re-look, re-look into how they do things with the draft. Jeremy, where are you today? Hello? The Jaguars are playing Mike Glennon and sitting James Robinson on purpose. Where are you today? Like, where's your vitriol for the Jaguars? Or is it that nobody cares about the Jaguars on a national level, so you're not going to waste your time and you're out of material? Jeremy, help me out. I want to know like what your problem is with the Jets. Like, that's all I want to know. I want to know what your problem is that you feel the need to attack the Jets for no other reason than, oh, it's a New York team, people care about this nationally. Jeremy, they're, the Jaguars are spitting in the face of the league. Hello? And, and by the way, here's the numbers, because you might go, well, maybe Mike Glennon is the better answer. And if you're not plugged in on the Jaguars, no! which, he, yeah, exactly, he's not. Here, here's the thing. Look at the numbers. Completion percentage, Gardner Minshew, 66%. Mike Glennon, 61%. Touchdowns, Gardner Minshew, 16, five interceptions. Mike Glennon, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Like, it is not a conversation about who is a better quarterback. By the way, Minshew was a massive surprise for them last year. As a kid that came out of nowhere, he's 24 years old, and Glennon is 31. If Minshew's healthy and you have nothing to play for, he should be the guy that's playing. There's no question here. He is the guy. But Mike Glennon is starting. And James Robinson, by the way, have you ever seen uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Like, there's this great scene in that movie. It's a, it's a little thing, but there's, there's a lot of great jokes in that movie. But there's there's this point where they're, like, getting people, and they're like, bring out your dead. And they, they throw this old guy on the cart, and he's like, I'm not dead yet. And, and they're like, well, shut up. You looks like you are. Like, the, the, James Robinson spent the whole week. He's like, yeah, you know, I think I'm feeling pretty healthy. I think I'm going to be ready to play. And then they're like, hey, well, listen, uh, with James, we're going to sit down. And, oh, well, we didn't practice on Christmas, but let's just assume that he wouldn't have been able to go. Meanwhile, Robinson's like, hey, guys, I think I can play. I'm not dead. And they're like, no, you're dead, James. And, and so they sit him, and now they're taking everybody out of this game that they can in their most relevant positions, which is literally only Minshew and James Robinson, by the way. So, <laughs> the only you, know what I, you know what I would love? I just would love honesty. Doug, say you're trying to lose the game. That's all. If you were honest about it, I wouldn't care. Don't come to us on Wednesday or Monday or whenever you speak, because NFL coaches speak every day of the week. Uh, tell us you're trying to lose the game. We'll get it. We understand. Don't come out and lie to everybody. Basically put up a middle finger to the league and say, well, Mike Glennon gives us the best chance to win. I mean, like, what are we, like, well, yeah, and he, are we here's stupid? The thing, too. Here's the thing, too. It's it's surprising that a head coach would go along with it. You know what I mean? Like, for all these guys. But there's, there's got to be something going on under the table. 
where they've basically told him, you're coming back next well, year. Well, if he sticks around, then we know. That, then you know. But if he gets fired after this season, it's just a weird thing. So a lot of these guys would go, I would rather lose my job than actively pull players for me to lose a game. And that's what they're doing here. Like, they're, they're trying to lose the game for Trevor Lawrence. It's locked in. They've got two weeks left. It's two losses, and it's all over. And they're just saying, you know what? Let's actually They waited lose. for the dumb Jets to win a football game, and they decided to pull this crap. That's basically what they did. When they saw the Jets beat the Rams last week at 7.30 Eastern, they said, oh, we got it. We found our way, and now we're just going to pull everybody. Yeah. Now, the only theory is that Mike Lennon took all the money he could from the Chicago Bears way back when, they, they basically put him in mothballs, and he sticks it to them. Like, it's, that's all I got. That's all you can That's have. all I got. There's nothing else to have. It's that, and you hope Trubisky just has the worst game of his life. Like, the pressure's on. Arizona lost. The Bears have a window. It's wide open for them to get into the playoffs. He goes, oh, my God, I have a chance to get this team into the playoffs. And then he goes, Oh my God! I have a chance to get this team in the playoffs. What am I gonna do? And I just basically panics. need him to just you know you know what the bed. Yes. Yeah. That's what you hope for. Uh, which would be would that not be poetic justice if the Jags decided to sit their most oh they deserve players? It. They, yeah, totally they totally deserve, totally it. deserve it. it. Meanwhile, the dumb Jets are going out there trying to win every game every week. The stupidest team in the world. They're out there trying to win. Well, you want them to do it the Jaguars. Yes. Again. Yes. So yes. Now, but, so now, but that's the thing. Of course I yell, do. You can't yell about well, the Jaguars well, for uh, well, duh. And now go, I wish my team did the same You're thing. really going to, oh, you're going to catch me in the height of hypocrisy? <laughs> yes, that the I world we're living in? I certainly Oh, just sorry. Did. Yes. Sorry that I'm not Mr. <laughs> good Guy and I'm not going to like, oh, I can't be hypocritical. Hey, Jeremy, wherever you are, call us. 855-2124-CBS. Jeremy, I'd love to hear from you why it's okay for the Jaguars to tank, but it's not okay for the Jets while they were trying to win every game in a stupid, dumb fashion. How come it's okay for Jacksonville to do what they're doing today? Jeremy, call us. I'd love to hear from you. We're not going to plug anything that you do, but I'd love to hear from you. I did not expect Jeremy Schaff to suddenly get taken to the woodshed, but that's where we've gone this morning. Uh, Guy deserves it. Guy's a hypocrite. You want to call me a hypocrite? Guys, run out of material. I'm just going to brag on the dump on the Jets for 10 minutes. Meanwhile, Jacksonville does things worse. Basically throws up a middle finger to, to the league, and they say, Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. I can't. You can't find me today. Unless he calls the show, of course. Jeremy, call us. I'd love to talk to you. Graceffo would love to hear from you, Jeremy Schaap. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's sponsored by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at GEICO. I can't even say it. Get a quote at GEICO.com. Easy. All right, we've got we've got one segment left. I was going to talk about the Browns and the Jets. I don't know if I could do it anymore. I don't know if it's worth it. But we'll talk about something next. We'll, we'll have a good time. It's all coming up.